Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. Hey guys from Wyoming, guys, gals, and all the above, everyone. I am upstairs in our bedroom and I am chasing sunlight right now. Like I've had so much to do today and you need good lighting to record. And I had to pivot and go upstairs. Not a problem though. I am very excited for this episode. This is the advice episode. And just so you guys know how this works, you guys write into me, email me. You can DM me on Instagram, write me on YouTube. I usually post an anonymous link just because Sometimes when it's anonymous, it's actually easier to ask the question. We don't have to share who we are or reveal who we are, and therefore we can ask openly and as if no one knew. So that's what this is really about. You guys write into me any problems, issues, concern, advice, help, compliments, say hi. But mainly this is the advice column where I will be taking your questions and then bringing them to the podcast where I'll answer them live. And I have put together the questions and we're just going to get into it. But before we before we get into it, we got to do our high, low and buffalo. I've had a lot going on and I'm sure if you guys are just tuning in, you're like, what is this high, low and buffalo? Well, the high is the high of your week. Low is the low, right? So James and I do this with each other when we're at the dinner table at dinner time. And so I'm bringing this to the podcast where we can get to know each other and maybe you can bring this into your life. So it's high, low, and then the last one is buffalo. Anything interesting, anything worth sharing, anything you just found that surprised you. It could be good, bad, interesting, and all the in-between. Maybe even something you learned. So James and I do this not every day, but when we haven't seen each other or just to bring in a conversation and not talk about the boring, oh, how was your day? How was work? You know, it encourages good, bad, and anything in between. So for me, my high this week has been being here in Wyoming. We haven't been home since January. So we live in Chicago and we live here in Wyoming. So we go back and forth and I'm sure you guys see on my Instagram, TikTok, that I just love Wyoming. I feel so at peace here and it feels so good to be back. And I am very grounded here. It's not like being in the city. It's where I can get connected with mother nature. I can be outside where Chicago is in the city. So I love being in Wyoming. Something about mother nature, as I'm looking out the window, something about mother nature and touching grass and having that green space. James and I didn't really realize how important it was to have green space until we were living in our apartment in Chicago. 
And we're like, why do we feel unsettled? And I told him, I kind of feel like I am a house cat, like upstairs looking out the window all the time. I mean, winter has passed, so I'm sure everyone in Chicago has that feeling of just feeling like a house cat. But being here in Wyoming, I've gone hiking every day. I've done yoga. I'm outside, like doing bonfires. Like it's a huge deal. And I am, that is my high. Being back in Wyoming, I didn't realize how much I loved it until we weren't there, till we weren't here. <laughs> and then my low, we were supposed to go to Europe. We were supposed to go to Paris and Amsterdam. We had a work trip planned and then we tacked on some fun to it. And, you know, we've been just going through a lot with the recession. One of the businesses really took a big hit. And so we felt like this trip wasn't bringing us peace. This was supposed to be a fun trip. And honestly, spending the money and to travel to Europe didn't feel right. And I just kind of had this coming to Jesus moment with James and was like, you know, I feel like you don't really want to go. And we don't have to go. We have a beautiful home here we can enjoy. Like, why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves? So although it's a low, it can be a high because, you know, we're really working towards if it brings us peace, then we'll do it. But if it doesn't, then it's just a simple no. And canceling the trip to Europe is a bummer, but it's a blessing in disguise because we're going to stay grounded. We're staying in our routine. We're enjoying our Wyoming home even more. And since we don't have to go to Europe next week, we are stay in Wyoming longer. So it's it's kind of a win-win. I'm trying to see the silver lining. You know, I can be bummed about it, but I just don't feel like it brought us peace. And that's okay. Just, I made the decision and now we're moving forward. So my Buffalo is just something interesting. I met this girl at the nail salon and, you know, we were really, deba- James and I were really debating on whether, where we should have our kids, where we should start raising a family, you know, and we've been trying for the last year and a half and it's been so hard on us because we've been back and forth, work stress, like it just hasn't been the right time. And so I met this girl at the nail salon today and, you know, she just had a baby six months ago. And she was telling me that her experience was amazing. The doctors are great in Jackson Hole. And so for me, I was like, you're my blessing in disguise. Like, it's been on my mind that where we live in Wyoming isn't necessarily the safest and the resources are very limited. I was so worried that having a kid here would be actually really hard. And her experience was so good. And it all started because we saw each other in yoga this morning. And then we ran into each other at the nail salon. That's how small Jackson Hole is. And so then we started talking and it led to her just telling me about her success of her birth story and really put a lot of things in my mind at ease for when we have a kid that actually Jackson Hole is a great option for me to birth my kid and where I feel safe and the resources are limited, but I got two great contacts for an OBGYN. So silver lining, my buffalo is have those random conversations because who knows what it might lead to. I mean, it led to me to finding a doctor, a future doctor, a potential doctor, and a new friend. We exchanged numbers and I've been wanting to have friends here and I just put it in the universe. I mean, that's what I've been doing lately is I'm just putting it in the universe and be like, God, please help me with this. 
if I don't know the answer, I just put it out there. And it's amazing. So that's my buffalo. Now let's get straight into the advice column. This is going to be fun. I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can. We have, I think, 10 different questions. Now I'm going to try to keep this episode to 35 minutes, but we're going to go into them as fast and as thorough as possible because I'm excited. So let's get into it. So this question, again, all these questions, I'm going to say anonymously, I'm not giving names. I'm not going to give information because a lot of you guys wrote in anonymously and I absolutely love that. If that gives you courage to write in and ask questions, I'm all for it. I am totally all for it. So this is the first question. It goes, this guy I am seeing is not very good at texting and really delays when texting me back. When he does text me back, he all of a sudden stops the conversation. I'm confused because we have a really good connection and energy when we hang out in person and he's really present. But when we are just texting, I feel like he's not really into me. Okay, one, I get how it's confusing. Like texting, do I call him? Do I, do I, do What do I do? And it sounds confusing too because... You have this connection with this guy in person, but then when he's texting, it's like, whoa, where did that connection go? And I just want to ask you, what is your motivation one when you're texting this person? Are you seeking validation? Are you texting this guy to make sure he's into you? Like, are you doing it for yourself? And two, when you are texting him and you don't get that text back, I'm curious to see where your mind goes. Now, We're going to bring this back to you. You can't control what he does. All you can do is control you. So if it were me, I well, I want to know where your mind goes. So are you questioning yourself? Are you thinking less of yourself? Are you thinking he's not into you? Are you thinking like watch where your mind goes? Does it spiral down or are you texting and moving on now? There's a two parts to this. One, it's about you, what we can control. But two, it's, you know, have you had the conversation with him about his texting style? Have you asked him how he prefers to communicate? I would totally just be so nonchalant and say, hey, I texted you. Do you not like texting? Like, would you do you prefer calling? You know, this is a conversation, not one-sided. You can go to your guy that you're dating or even your partner, or maybe you can apply this to a friend that's not really good at texting you back and say, hey, what's your preferred communication style? Is there a better time I can call you at? Because when you're having this conversation, you're not putting this expectation on them that, you know, they're letting you down. So get clear communicate on what styles your friend, or in this case, this guy she's texting is not texting back. To me, I'm hearing that he's being present in his life. Two, he's obviously not a texter. So don't put him into this box. And then when he doesn't fit into this box, you're uh, you're canceling him out. You know, you're he doesn't fit in this box. So it must be that he's not into you. Don't go there. Don't even do that to yourself. Know your worth. He's going to text you. If you have that, I just... I'm grasping on, I think, or anchoring on to the fact that you guys have a good connection in person. That's what's more important. Now, if you're a texter, tell him. 
we have to communicate. It's not, you don't have to tiptoe around. Like I encourage you to go to the sky and just simply ask, how do you like to talk? Or is there a better time we talk? Or, you know, he could just say I'm not a good texter. And that's it. You can't, like, don't try to change this person either. Now, say he is not a texter and he likes to call and you don't like to call. I would suggest finding a compromise, right? So maybe you guys have a different communication style. And that's totally okay. Like, if you have different communication, we're all different. But learning your partner, learning this new guy you're dating, or learning a friend or a coworker, learning the communication style is also very important, right? Try to find a ground that works for both of you, whether that means more frequent texts or calling or a combination of calling and texting. Like maybe it's better to call to set up plans, but if you're flirting and texting back and forth, Little talk, maybe that's how it works, but you got to do what works for you. Don't conform to society. I hate those memes that just say, if he texts you at night, he's thinking of you. That's not the case for everyone. And I'm sorry, but I, I just go back to this time when James and I were dating. And this super resonates with me, actually. When James and I were first dating, oh my gosh, we had the best connection. We would always hang out together and we would just feel the energy. He was so present. He'd always have his phone turned over. He'd always have it put away. And not like shady where like, oh, he's putting it away because there's another girl. No, he put his phone away. And I I saw how present he was with me. He wasn't always on his phone. And so I just think of this story of this person. Like she has a good connection and a good energy with this guy, yet he doesn't text. So she's equating that to worth and deserving. But she's discounting that this guy is actually giving her his full attention. And I hear that he's into her. So don't confuse this with what society and what Instagram and all these funny memes say like, oh, he likes you when he's drunk texting you. I'm sorry, but like if James and I never drunk texted, maybe occasionally, but that wasn't our thing. So that might be your thing and that's totally fine. But don't think that every guy is like that or that you have to be like that. And don't equate him not texting you back right away as he's not into you. Get clear on communication styles and don't assume that he, just because he's not texting you, he doesn't like you. I hate, I hate, I hate to say hate, but we don't have to all be the same, right? Remember, communication is key in any relationship and it's important to be honest with yourself and your partner on what you need. So listen to that gut. You know, I saw how amazing James was with me when we were together. And I learned that James actually isn't a big texter. He's extremely busy. And I found it very attractive that he wasn't texting me all the time. I actually had my life and he had his. And to this day, to this day, we're not huge texters. Like we we don't even say goodnight any like we've never really said goodnight or good morning. And I know some people love those reassurance texts for goodnight and morning. But just remember, like when you get into that routine of saying goodnight and good morning, then you kind of expect it. And then when it doesn't happen, or at least on my experience, when it didn't happen, I was like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me. So we just fell into this routine of not saying goodnight and good morning. But when he did say goodnight and good morning, 
I was elated. I was surprised. I was caught off guard. And still to this day, when he calls or texts me goodnight, I react the same way. Like, oh my gosh, that was so sweet. Or I'll be the first one to text him goodnight. Like I have no shame in texting first. You know, there's this game I get that when you play, but cut the games. You don't have to. Keep it simple on yourself. I put together some questions for you guys on if this totally resonates with you on how to develop communication styles and what questions you could possibly ask for, you know, if you're in a new relationship or, you know, you need more communication tips, maybe with work. So one of the questions is, what is your preferred method of communication? Like, ask them this. What is your preferred method? Like, be open to hearing how they communicate rather than assuming and expecting that they have the same communication style as you. Asking the question allows everyone to get clear and sets the tone. Um, is your partner aware of texting expectations? You know, hey, for me, like, I work. And so even when my mom calls me, she's like, you don't answer sometimes. I go, mom, between eight and four, it's really hard for me to answer. And I don't mean to like, I don't want you to think that I'm avoiding you, but maybe call me before or after work. You know, saying the clear communication times allows the other person to know when to call, when to expect a text. And setting clear boundaries, you know, hey, I'm not a good texter during the day or, you know, Mondays are my day off. Text me on Mondays. Let's talk, you know, and I get it that life comes up and you want to text throughout the week. But understanding the expectations of each other really allows, again, for clear communication on what to expect. So you're not feeling let down or hung up, right? All right. Question two. Do you believe in the right person, wrong time, or apply the if he wanted to, he would to this? Or is it just the wrong person, no matter the timing, the right person will make it work? All right, this is a good one. I mean, it goes into, are you ready for a relationship right away? Are you a fast dater? Meaning like, do you go straight for that relationship? Um, what my question to you rather than to this right person, wrong time is you got to figure yourself out, right? Ready to date. What's the rush? Are you being impatient? Understand your motive, right? Again, I go off of my experience is James and I met, we had an open relationship for nine months, nine months. He was dating other girls. I was dating other guys. I totally knew we had a good connection. and. I thought it was, you know, I told myself there's going to be a 50-50 chance of us working out. Like we totally get each other, but he might not be ready. So right person, wrong time. I stayed my course. All I can do again is control myself. I can't control what the other person is doing. So, you know, genuinely, James and I had an interest for each other, but you know, nine months, a lot of people can't hang that long to know like what's going on, where we stand. You know, the open relationship thing is really scary for people. A lot of people like the certainty. But my question to you is, you know, you got to do what feels right. If this person is genuinely not into you and you're just being pulled or toyed around and playing games, that to me, that's just the wrong person. Timing is super critical. 
how old, how young, where they're at in their career. You need to gauge that and see where their head is at. And you can ask questions about your values, your beliefs. You can share and ask questions on like right away when James and I were first met, I was like, what are you looking for? You know, you have, again, it's down to asking questions and not being afraid, but you're not asking questions to turn their answer into what you want. It's asking questions for you. It's asking questions so you can get clear on if this person works for you. So I asked James, what are you looking for? What do you want? You know, right off the bat. And he's like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I just got out of my divorce and I'm not ready to be with someone full time. And I go, okay, cool. Let's just have fun. In the back of my mind, I was like, dang it. I really like this guy. I knew right away I liked James. Like we had good energy. We talked on the phone for two hours. Like all the signs were there, but he was going through a divorce. So I had to understand him, right? I asked that question and he's like, I went through a divorce. I'm not looking for anything serious. Now, fast forward, we're married. But at that time, he was very anti-committal and I had to meet him where he was at. I didn't try to change him. I had to just do what was best for me. And what did that look like, right? I had, I was still dating other people. I had to, rather than a lot of people like, oh, I'm not ready to date. They're going to try to change that. Like a lot of women and men don't see that as a no, but they're like, okay, I'm going to try. Well, James told me that he wasn't ready for a relationship. So I said, okay, you know, I hope that he changes his mind, but I have to do what I need to do. It's best for me. And he told me he wasn't ready for a relationship. He told me that he was going through a divorce. And so rather than me being selfish for my needs of wanting to date him, it probably wouldn't have worked out if I wasn't being patient, to be honest. I held out, you know, I, but I also did what I need to do for me, which is I was dating. I was taking care of myself. I didn't follow James on Instagram until we were official. I didn't want to know what he was doing. I had to take care of my mental peace. I knew I liked him, but by following him and seeing what he was doing and looking at my phone to see if he texts me, like I had to protect my peace, right? I had to do what was best for me. James told me what he wanted. And I, rather than trying to change him, the reality is, I needed to keep looking for a partner. I wanted a partner. James wasn't it. So we just were, when we were together, we were together. And when we were apart, we were apart. You're probably thinking I'm crazy. Like, Courtney, how can you do an open relationship for nine months? I don't know how I did it. It was really, really hard. But I took it as an opportunity to work on myself. James was my biggest teacher. You know, he didn't want to be with me as a girlfriend. So I took that as, okay, I got to keep going and going on my path and finding that partner that is meant for me. At the time, it wasn't James. And at the time, you know, I didn't even, I mean, I hoped it would be James, but it wasn't. So my point is you've got to do what's best for you. You're looking for that partner. You know what you want. Don't budge. Like, don't budge. Know your worth. These guys are toying you around or playing games or really telling you they're not looking for a relationship. Move on. You know, James reached out to me and, you know, I wasn't seriously dating anyone. So when we had fun, it worked. It worked at the time. Then obviously over time, nine months later, he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then we eventually he asked me to move in. I let him do all the big decisions. That was my strategy. You know, being freshly divorced, 
his love bank was depleted. And I knew that he wasn't ready for a relationship. So rather than forcing him into a relationship, I friend zoned myself. I friend zoned myself to just be there for him. And here we are today, married. (laughs) But you got to do what's best for you and trust your gut. You know, if you have some suspicions, seek that. Like I had a life coach and I still have my life coach right now that I worked on myself through these relationships. You know, when he wasn't texting me back, I would bring some of my insecurities to my life coach. You know, rather than texting a hate message back, why aren't you texting me back or why are you ignoring me? I saved all of those messages for my life coach. Why am I getting upset? Why am I thinking he's with another girl? Or maybe he doesn't like me or, you know, whatever those insecurities are, I actually seeked help and really took it as an opportunity to work on myself. You know, some of the things that come up when, you know, you're not getting your way, that's what I would bring to a life coach. You can work on it with a therapist, have a friend that, you know, you can seek help with, like seek help. Dating is not easy. There's so many games, but please don't question your self-worth. Stick to what you want and trust your gut. You know it deep down. All right, question three. I chronically break promises I make to myself and I struggle to hold myself accountable. How can I break this cycle? This is a good one. One, please don't be hard on yourself. This is what life's about. Learning and learning and learning and trying again and trying again and trying again. Now I get it. It's frustrating when we keep making promises to ourselves and diminishing our word and our integrity to ourselves. Always trying to start that training for the marathon or doing 30 days of no alcohol, you know, dry January, you only make it to day 15. Like, why is it so hard? One, I have to say, just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean you need to do it. You know, don't compare yourself to what people are doing or how they're accomplishing goals. Your journey might be completely different than someone who's has the same goal. We're all different people. Just like a pair of jeans fit us all differently, so does a plan. So when you're making a goal and you constantly are finding yourself breaking these promises, cut out everyone else and just focus on how you're going to get there. You need to really identify the root cause of why you're breaking this cycle or breaking this promise. So, you know, taking time to reflect, reflect on this. Like, have you really sat down with yourself and be like, okay, I've done this before. How did I fail last time? Or what did I do? You know, you're trying to lose 15 pounds. Maybe you need a coach. Maybe you need a a personal trainer. Or, you know, you're constantly having bad relationships. Well, why? Hiring a life coach might be good for you. Understanding the root cause of the behavior and like actually reflecting on it is a great start even today. You know, why do I have this goal? Is it because someone else has this goal or is this really important to me? Or, you know, I signed up for this marathon because Joe Schmo signed up for this marathon, but I hate running. Okay, you want to sign up for a race? Go do something you like. Don't do it because someone else is doing it, but understanding the root cause of your behavior. Let go of that comparison and really just reflect 
Maybe it's because your mom is pressuring you. Maybe because your work is doing it. You know, you can make up, not make up, but you can really reflect on why. You got to understand your why. Simple as that. You know, setting realistic goals when setting goals is so important to be realistic and break them down into small baby steps, like manageable steps. And when you can do that, then you celebrate and you're going to start climbing. So maybe it's not the the end goal, right, of losing 15 pounds. It's maybe you just start putting healthy food in the fridge, you know, cutting out sugar when you bring it home, like baby steps. You got to create good habits. So replacing those bad habits with good habits. And not only that, it'll help you stay motivated. It won't sidetrack you. You won't get distracted. So setting realistic goals that are manageable are super huge. I personally, when I did 75 hard, that really helped me hold accountable. One of the tasks, you have like eight different tasks. One of the tasks was taking progress photos. That really helped me hold myself accountable. So I tracked my progress. Maybe you have to write 30 days of you know, taking two hours a day, say you need to build your business out, spending an hour a day on your business, whatever that is, and checking that off, like creating a fit, like I love creating mini challenges for myself. So I'll do 15 days of reading a book or say you want to even finish a book. Let's keep it simple. You want to finish a book. You don't just read it all in one step. You're going to say, I'm going to read 10 pages a day. So slowly chipping away and setting manageable goals, but also tracking your progress, right? So 75 part, I took pictures of my body every single day and I held myself accountable and I took it seriously. When you take these little steps seriously, your success rate is exponential. So taking yourself seriously on like me, on my little challenges. I take myself seriously. Lately, you know, I haven't been feeling motivated. So I have a personal trainer. She holds me accountable. I wanted to get my body to the next step. I wanted to get my health in order. You know, I want to have a family. And so my health, my eating habits weren't healthy. Last summer, I'm 10 pounds down from last summer, okay? I'm not advising you guys to lose weight. I'm relating myself to me on how we can hold you accountable. And, you know, an accountability partner is good. Get a buddy, get a friend, do the challenge together, but take it seriously and hold each other accountable. Getting a coach if you are really trying to work on yourself and attracting the right relationship or say you're coming out of a divorce and you're just in this funk and you need someone to help you. Hire that life coach to hold you accountable to get you out of this because if you're having trouble getting out of bed or sticking to a routine or you know wanting to understand why you're reacting or there's a lot of trauma from divorce, maybe you need help and coaching to get through it. Getting that accountability buddy is really helpful, not only so you don't feel alone, but you have someone to rely on. Think about that. And my ultimate favorite is just being kind to yourself. You know, remember that breaking the cycle of chronic self-promising can be a challenging journey, but be kind to yourself and celebrate your progress no matter how big or small. Being kind to yourself is really the most important step because say you fail, it's okay. Or say you, okay, I don't want to say fail because I think a fail is such a good thing, but being kind to yourself when it didn't turn out the way you expected, okay? Being kind saying, hey, you did it. 
Let's try again. Let's try again. And don't guilt and shame yourself. Like, get off of that. Breaking the cycle is so hard, but be kind. I always say practice grace. Like, be kind. Show compassion. Like, you're not the only one going through this, which is why it's so important to get that accountability partner or hire a coach and to really set those realistic goals. You know, breaking the cycle is baby steps and really understanding why you're doing this and what your motivation is behind it and making sure you're doing it for yourself and not because what other people around you are doing. I found that I was doing it for me. I just want to show up better than I was yesterday. And that's what I said. I wanted to be better than I was yesterday, you know, and that's how we build. You just keep being kind to yourself and building slowly. It's not a sprint. It's life. You know, life is full of journeys. It's so funny. Okay. So just a mini tangent on like celebrating and being kind. And, you know, when you're being kind to yourself, you celebrate those wins. Like, be your own cheerleader. So I drove stick shift for the first time by myself to town in Jackson Hole. 40 minute drive. I stalled the car. You know, I could have been embarrassed. I could have given up. You know, I could have played this what if game in my head of don't drive stick shift. You're going to fail. I shut down the what if game and I remembered what's important. Like I know it's such a mini thing of driving stick, but I applied it to life, right? I silenced the what ifs. I believed in myself. I started with baby steps. I didn't go straight into town. I worked with my husband, James, and he taught me stick shift. We went around the neighborhood. Then we went to the next town. And then he drove with me into town as I drove. And now this was my first time by myself. I got my accountability partner. I set realistic goals and they were manageable. And he pushed me, so there's my accountability buddy, he pushed me to go into town. And when I got back today, he wasn't home, he's out of town, but when I got back today, I celebrated. I celebrated my win because I was proud of myself. I pushed through my insecurities, my fears, my doubts. And I know it's just driving stick, but if we could apply this to life, how can we do that for ourselves? Like, take yourself office perfectionist and maybe just embrace that you might fail and that's okay but the point is is you have to get back up and go again so if you're having this trouble of breaking this cycle and breaking these promises to yourself start even smaller and if you need help please reach out to me I love being there for you guys and if it's something specific let's break it down together really understand why you keep faulting on yourself. Are you being too hard on yourself? Again, when we practice grace, it's okay. Practicing grace allows us to be more compassionate to ourselves and allow us to start again. That's like really what life's about. Remember, breaking any habit takes time and effort, but it's possible. I'm going to say that again. Breaking a habit takes time and effort, and it is possible that you can do it. Go slow on yourself. Believe in yourself. If you remember your why, that's going to keep you going. Remember why you started in the first place. And don't be hard on yourself when you slip up. For me, like when I stalled the car, for me, when I stalled the car through the canyon, I was like, you know what? I'm. How can I see this as an opportunity to learn? Like, how can I see this as like, okay, this didn't work. Okay, I'm going to shift the gear this way. I analyzed rather than beating myself up, I saw it as a learning opportunity to what to not do next. And that's how we build on these experiences. That's what life's about. That's how we keep getting better and better. All right. So that concludes our episode today. We're running out of time. I can't believe how fast 
time went by today. I am losing sunlight and I have to end this episode short. Olivia is literally looking at me wanting food. I hope this helps you guys so much. I love doing this episode. I love being here for you guys. Again, you can drop in my DMs. You can email me. You can send me a letter. You can write anonymously. But this episode, we repeat over and over with just different questions. It's the advice episode. Bring your problems. Bring your concerns. Share what's on your mind. And I'll bring it to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. See you next episode. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.